It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can also send your questions, text them, call them at any time to the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. I love seeing the screenshots from you guys putting that number into your phone. I think it's great. It's, it's an awesome way for me to stay in touch with you guys and hear from you. I was shocked, actually, that there was the response that there was, but I love it. It's great, and I hope you continue to send me those questions uh, in the coming weeks. Once the regular season comes, I'm sure you're going to have even more. Generally speaking, if they're time-sensitive questions, Twitter is the better venue. If you want something answered on the podcast, that's the best venue for that. Use the hotline. If you want to know about something that's happening today, that's happening tomorrow, that just happened, Twitter is, is the place because I'll answer it right away. That is, Those are time-sensitive questions. We're going to get to a lot of your questions over the next two weeks because the final roster is starting to take shape. In the old model, this would be when we would talk about first cut down, second cut down. You know, there's, there used to be multiple times when, okay, we have to get the roster down to 75 and then to 53. And we would have stuff to talk about because after two weeks, you have cuts and, and we could move things down. Well, we, we pretty much know what this roster is going to look like based on what we have right now, based on what we've seen to this point in training camp. And there are, some, there are a few exceptions, how many receivers they keep. It's looking more and more like seven. How many quarterbacks they keep looking more and more like three. So then it's stuff like, okay, do they do they keep Greer Martini over Kendall Donerson? Do they keep a fifth safety instead of an extra outside linebacker? We're going to see. Um, and then who are the backup offensive linemen? Does Byron Bell even make this team? Does Dylan Day as a backup center? Mike McCarthy said he'd like to have two centers. Now, they've also been rotating through these guards to try and get them to learn how to play center. And maybe that's an indication that they'd rather not keep Day as a center only, although he's getting reps at guard to try and see if he can give them something there too, which would increase his probability of making this team. All right, we've gotten off track. There's two things that I want to talk about today. We will get to the Randall Cobb rumors, and I emphasize rumors, but that's not where I want to start. I want to start with the health of this team. Mike Daniels, is back at practice. Jamal Williams came back to practice. Jair Alexander is back at practice. Justin McCray is back already at practice. I mentioned this the other day. The Packers are going to go into the regular season 
with basically all of their guys, at least as it stands right now. And a lot of their starters are not going to play anymore in the preseason. So assuming they don't get hurt in practice, Green Bay is going to have its starters on offense, all of them, except Aaron Jones, who's going to be suspended. But from a health standpoint, it looks like they're going to have all their offensive starters. And defensively, they probably have their best 11, even if it was not their originally preferred 11. Right now, it's pretty clear. Kevin King, Tremont Williams, Jair Alexander. That's your top three with Alexander in the slot. And Joe Witt said uh, in his press conference on Wednesday that he knows who those, who those guys are right now already. Those spots are locked. And I think what will happen is Devon House will get the first opportunity to be the dime corner. And by midseason, it'll be Josh Jackson. Ron Zook said he wants to get Jair Alexander some opportunities as a punt returner. With Trevor Davis hurt, he's one of the few core players on this team. And he's a core player as a special teamer. He's one of the few players on this team who actually is hurt as a core member. I mentioned this to Tex Western, my editor at Acme Packing Company, the other day that that we're getting closer and closer to Green Bay just saying, we're going to put you on IR and punt on the decision as to whether or not you are a long-term member of this team and hope that one of these receivers or multiple receivers elevate themselves and put themselves in the conversation long-term as, as fixtures in this offense, and that someone like Jair Alexander, maybe Josh Jackson, we saw him flash a little bit, especially if he's not going to be the cornerback four for this team early on, then, then maybe give him a chance to return punts. Maybe give Randall Cobb a chance to return punts. I, I have said all along, I want to see Ty Montgomery returning kicks despite the fumble. This team is getting healthy. And that's what they're going to need to make a Super Bowl run. Every team gets hurt. Every team has injuries. It's how well you weather those injuries, but it's also how lucky you get with those injuries. In 2010, this was the crazy thing about 2010, the Packers were a walking mash unit in 2010. But when you look at their, their core players heading into the playoffs, Charles Woodson, Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews, Greg Jennings, Nick Collins, they had their best players all healthy. Green Bay needs that. They need Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, Nick Perry, Clay Matthews, obviously Aaron Rodgers. They need those guys, but they have more depth than we're used to seeing. Now, if Devontae Adams gets hurt, that could be a problem because the passing game has some uh, some other deficiencies, but... They still have Jimmy Graham. They still have Randall Cobb. They still have a backfield full of full of talented, versatile weapons. And so they have that depth in the backfield. If a running back goes down, Aaron Jones is out, they have two guys who can come in. Offensive line-wise, they've had to weather injuries. And so they have backups who have had to play. And they signed Byron Bell, who has meaningful NFL experience. They bring in Muhammad Wilkerson. They're now five deep at the defensive line and can weather an injury. Now inside linebacker, they, they drafted their depth. I like Ahmad Thomas and Graham Martini, but they have that. They obviously drafted depth at corner. They like their depth at safety. It looks like Josh Jones is really going to be more a linebacker and, and maybe box safety type player. But when Joe Witt was asked about the safeties on Wednesday, he talked about Jermaine Whitehead, Kentrell Bryce, and Ha Clinton Dix. They are the safeties 
on this team. Jones is going to be a box player who plays as a sort of de facto linebacker, which is where he should be playing. I actually like to hear that from Joe Witt because they're, they're going to play a lot of three safety looks. And he should have always been a box, not exclusive player, but a, a box majority player. But so you look at this from the Packers' perspective and you have to feel good about where this team is from a health standpoint getting to the regular season. We'd like to see Kevin King on the field a little bit more. I'll be interested to see Jair Alexander in some more extended playing time here. Would love to see him against Amari Cooper. He handled Juju Smith-Schuster in limited reps against the Steelers. That was awesome to see. He's just a different kind of athlete. And of course... The most important player on the field, the guy who can single-handedly make you a Super Bowl contender, Aaron Rodgers, is healthy. And they have an offensive line that is poised to keep him that way. And they now have even more rules on the books to help protect him. This is another reason we talked about the lowering of the helmet rule yesterday. Another reason why it's good is because we don't, as an NFL-watching public, don't want to see more games with Tom Savage and Brett Hundley and Nick Foles. I know Nick Foles went to the Super Bowl and that ended up being a great story. But most backup quarterbacks are bad. Starting quarterbacks are good. We want to see the starters. We want to see the superstar players. And the NFL was ravaged by injury last year. So it's not surprising to me that they've they've created another way to keep these guys healthy. Right now, Green Bay is healthy. And there's a lot of, I see a lot of mm, nitpicking of this roster. Oh, the Packers need this. They need this. So-and-so is not good enough. They need this. If their starters are healthy, you take the 22 guys they have right now, and, and starters are more than just you know the 11 guys on the field because of, of the need for personnel groupings and those kinds of adaptability uh, things that you have to account for. But if you just take the preferred 11 on each side of the ball, talent-wise, that's as good as any team in the league. It just is. Because their offensive line is so much better than what most teams have. Their defensive line is so much better than what most teams have. When you can win in the trenches like that, that puts you ahead of the game. Very few teams can match that. Even a team like the Vikings, their roster from top to bottom is as talented a roster as there is in the league. Their offensive line right now is a hot freaking mess. They're injured, and and they're already untalented. So the injuries to the mediocre talents have forced subpar talents into the game. How is Kirk Cousins going to do as a high-variance quarterback with that? Is is Dalvin Cook going to be a reliable running back if the offensive line is a trash fire? Maybe, maybe not. And, uh, you know, for as much as, you know, the Vikings signed Georgia Loca, and it's actually Iloka, George Iloka. It just, that sounds weird for me to say. They have depth at safety. Outside of Xavier Rhodes, they don't have a lot of proven cornerback depth. They have some talent. Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, those guys are talented. Are they great players? Nick Foles would say they're not. That defense got lit up in the NFC Championship game. And Drew Brees got after them in the divisional round. They should have lost that game. I mean, imagine how differently the narrative around the Minnesota Vikings would be if a rookie safety for the Saints makes a 
play that he makes 99 times out of 100 and tackles Stephon Diggs after he makes the catch. And there is no Minnesota miracle. They would have been a top-seeded team that lost their only playoff game. It, they needed a miracle to win one playoff game and then got their doors beat off them in the NFC title game by a backup quarterback. And everyone's just ready to say this is the best team in football? I mean, I, look, the point here is the Green Bay roster. I see a lot of fans, well, without Aaron Rodgers, it's not that talented. That's BS. I almost, I almost just swore. That's garbage. That's not true. It's just not true. And I know that there are fans that are getting excited and, and rightfully so about some of these rookies and, and, oh, maybe this is more talented a roster than we thought. And Brian Gutekinds has taken steps to really improve the makeup of this roster. But I still see people, especially on Twitter, say, well, without Aaron Rodgers, they're not that talented a team. That's just not true. Now, they are, they are the elite team that they can be with Aaron Rodgers, but that is true of everyone. If Taysom Hill had to start for New Orleans, they win four games, maybe. I mean, can you even name the backup right now in New England? Because it's not Jacoby Brissett and it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. What if Landry Jones had to start 14 games for the Steelers? Imagine if Matt Ryan didn't play for the Falcons or if Cam Newton missed, missed 12 games for the Panthers. Are they going to the playoffs? Who are the teams with these ultra-stacked roster minus the quarterback? It, it was Minnesota. And, and the list was like two other teams, like maybe Philadelphia you'd, you'd put on that list, and now maybe you'd have the Rams. That's like the full list of teams who can succeed without their quarterback needing to be outstanding. The, the Jaguars, okay. So we're at four teams? Great. Maybe they're not one of the four most talented teams when you take out the quarterback, but they're one of the eight or 10 most talented teams when you take out the quarterback. And then when you add in the quarterback, considering the quarterback we're talking about on a healthy roster, this is one of the best teams in football. Last year, we had a number of writers on who wrote for The Athletic. Kevin Fishbane for the Bears. He was someone that came out and, and provided tremendous information about Chicago. Michael Cohen from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel just hired to cover the Packers for The Athletic. Ben Fennell, who has been on this show multiple times, is going to be working at The Athletic. Their model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, no autoplay video. And how do they do that? Well, they do it with subscribers instead of the free model. And I understand that that is not something that everyone is used to. It's not something that everyone does or is accustomed to. I understand that. The internet changed everything about sports media. But here's the thing. If you want the best coverage, if you want the coverage that goes beyond game recaps and trade speculations to provide smarter analysis, to get a deeper perspective about your team and the league, that is why you pay for the athletic. And subscribers, look, you don't just get the, the Packers coverage. You have access to the local content. The Badger content, the Brewers content, and the national content. There is 650 to 700 news stories published every week across all sports on The Athletic. You subscribe, and you're going to be a part of everything that is the future of journalism. And the Locked On Packers podcast 
partnered specifically with The Athletic to get you 40% off your first year subscription. That's $2.99 a month, $3 a month. You spend more to get coffee tomorrow than you could spend for a month of content at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash Packers to get that 40% discount. Remember, theathletic.com slash Packers to get 40% off. You listen to the Locked On Packers podcast because we are local, we are daily, and we give you your sports content. That is what The Athletic is built on. Support quality content by subscribing to The Athletic and use our promo code. I'm going to give you 40% off that first full year subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash Packers to get the promotional rate. The reopening is right around the corner and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we do have to get to this Randall Cobb discussion because I got a lot of tweets about it. There was a lot of discussion on social media about it. I got calls to the Locked On Packers fan hotline about it. So it has to be discussed, even though I think Ian Rappaport did a good job of at least quelling the existential dread that I think some Packer fans felt. So let's just track 
the timeline here. Mike Lombardi, a former general manager, now podcast analyst at The Ringer, said in a discussion uh, with his co-host that the Packers were shopping Randall Cobb, that he was available. And I just, I want to, I want to say something here and I want to be very careful about how I phrase it because I don't want to impugn anyone's integrity. That's not my intention at all. That's not what I'm doing. But let me, let me parse something here, journalistically speaking. There is a difference between something that someone says to you and you repeating it and a reporter who is told something by a source that he or she can corroborate and then repeat as a report. There is a different journalistic standard that someone who works for a media outlet has to uphold when they go to their editor and say, this is what I was told, this is what I want to report. And the editor is going to say, okay, do you have it cold? And you're going to say yes or no. And then whether or not you can run that as a report is based on how firmly you have this information. When someone who has worked in the league, whether it's a player, a former general manager, a former coach, a former personnel person, whatever it is, when they say, I was told that, we have to use our own powers of perception in trying to parse whether or not that information is reliable. And I I believe that Mike Lombardi believed this person when he said the Packers are shopping Randall Cobb. What Ian Rappaport ultimately reported was he said, and the language here is important, I know that teams have inquired about Randall Cobb, but the Packers feel he is a part of their long-term plan. They're not going to trade him. They expect him to be a big-time contributor. I'm not, I'm not quoting him anymore, but this is what he said. Ian Rappaport doesn't say, I know, without knowing. I'm hearing or other similar language from a non-reporter has to be taken in context. That person, when they give their opinion, that opinion is that. And the information that they're given, we don't know how reliable it is. But when a reporter says, especially a reporter that you trust, when we deal with anonymous sourcing, it is up to us as the consumer to determine whether or not we trust that reporter to give us the real story. And, you know, we don't have to get into the whole politics of trusting the media and all of that. But when it comes to sports specifically, a discerning sports fan knows which reporters to trust and and which to be dubious of. Ian Rappaport is a reporter you can trust. When he says something, that is, you can take it to the bank. Not every former player, coach, or personnel person is as reliable when they report something And I'm putting reporting quotes here. And what I said on Twitter was, this isn't a report, it's a rumor. And there's a big difference. Someone relaying something that they heard is the literal definition of a rumor. Whether that rumor has any actual validity to it is a separate question. And it's up to you to decide whether or not you believe it. Now, I personally believe Ian Rappaport. I, I believe someone said 
to Mike Lombardi, the Packers are willing to listen on Randall Cobb or something like that. And maybe there was a, a misinterpretation of what was said. Maybe this is a big game of telephone. And so this is why you need to verify. This is why you need to be able to have a secondary source. This is why we have journalistic standards. This is why, again, without getting political, this is why it is important that we have faith in the media so that we can parse the difference between something that someone is reporting, a journalist with bona fides is reporting, versus something that someone with knowledge is saying. That this is what happens. There are a lot of former players, coaches, and personnel people who work in media now. And, you know, James Jones, for example, he's going to break the Aaron Rodgers story when that contract is signed. Aaron is going to text him and say, this is the deal. And that's reliable information because James Jones, when that happens, he's going to say, Aaron told me. But there are plenty of other circumstances when a former player is going to hear from another former player or an agent or whomever, and they're going to repeat it like it's a fact and it's not. And so I think as consumers of sports media, we have to be very careful about what kind of credence we put into these conversations. It's fun to say, oh, Mike Lombardi said this, he knows people, there's something going on here. Teams are interested in Randall Cobb. Getting Ian Rappaport to come in and say, let me clarify what was said, that's also important information. That's basically like the secondary source. He came in and said, yes, it is true. The Packers have had discussions with teams about Randall Cobb, but it has been the other teams coming to them and they have not been interested. They are not shopping Randall Cobb. That's a very important distinction that we need to make. Now, there's this separate topic of whether or not it's actually a good idea to do that. And, you know, there's a case to be made. I made the case for Geronimo Allison. I think you could make the same case for Randall Cobb in terms of trade value because he'd have more trade value. But here's what I was was saying to a friend of mine earlier today. The only reason you would trade Randall Cobb is to clear that cap number in preparation for another major move. And you would only do it if you felt you were at the one-yard line or you had a, a handshake agreement on this other deal. Maybe, say, for a disgruntled pass rusher looking for a mega deal from a team that doesn't seem interested in giving him one. I'm just spitballing here. That is an acceptable circumstance to say we're going to move on from Randall Cobb because you're able to bring in this other impact player. Are there disgruntled players around the league for whom the Packers could deal Randall Cobb and a pick, let's say? Sure, maybe. But absent that information, it's hard to speculate or assess the the intelligence of making a move like that. So we can't say whether or not it would be smart for the Packers to trade Randall Cobb because it depends on what they're getting. It depends on what the whole context is. And I compared it to Josh Sitton because that was a shocking decision because all they really got was cap relief, cap space that they didn't in the short term use. Now, subsequently, we learned that Josh Sitton was a problem in the locker room and his contract situation had created this animosity that made him poisonous to the team culture. There's no indication that that is true with Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers was just in his wedding. They have a terrific relationship. The Packers have already shipped Jordy Nelson out of town. You do wonder 
if there's a certain point where you can't push your starting quarterback any further with stuff like this. Randall Cobb is in a contract season. If some of these rookies come in and play well, you can certainly justify not paying him long-term, although there have been reports in the last six months that the Packers have discussed an extension with Randall Cobb. But what value could you get for him? A mid-round pick, a five maybe? That's not worth it when you can just walk away from him in a year and you're not using that cap savings. But if what you need is the cap space, then a deal for a mid-round pick makes sense, especially if you know you're getting something of tangible value with that cap space. If you know what you're sliding in there and it is Khalil Mack, then sure, make that deal. All right, quickly before we get out of here, just want to throw out a couple names as we head toward Packers Raiders. I want to see Deshaun Kaiser get some more snaps with some of the starters. I think that could go a long way in separating him from Brett Hundley and and would be, I think, the biggest way the Packers could justify keeping just two quarterbacks. Right now, it seems like they're set on their three. And then there's a couple fringe guys I want to see make some plays. Greer Martini and Kendall Donerson, to me, are fighting it out for those last few roster spots. And whether the Packers want to keep one versus the other is going to come down to two things. Special teams value and defensive upside. If Donerson shows some talent at getting to the passer, if he shows some pass rush juice, he has the athletic talent to be an impact special teams player and could be worth keeping, especially given some of the struggles that Vince Beagle has had of keeping Donerson over Martini. You get Martini on the practice squad so that if you do have another injury at inside linebacker, you have someone ready to go. But the difference in upside, Donerson clearly, athletic talent-wise, has more upside. I want to see him go make some plays because I do think he can still make this team. And one last name, Robert Tunyon, the tight end. He has a chance to, even if it's not this team, make another team with another excellent game like he had last week against the Steelers. If he goes out and shows out, that could create complications for the Packers in trying to put together this final 53. So I want to see that from them. We'll be back next week, and we'll we'll have that conversation with Jason Hershorn. and we're going to play a little coach and GM. He's going to put on one hat, I'm going to put on the other, and we're going to figure out what this roster should look like, and we're going to come at it from those two perspectives, what the coaches might think versus what the front office might think because they're not always the same. We'll break down what we saw in the Raiders game And then I'm going to answer a lot of your questions. That is going to be a big part of what we do next week because the fourth preseason game is is really for fringe roster players, for practice squad, and for other teams to scout because the Packers are not going to play most of their starters. They're not going to run schemes that, that are integral to their regular season plan. And so there's not a lot to be learned from that. Like I said, the following week, Labor Day, there's no show Labor Day, but we're not going to discuss specifically and break down the way we would other games, the fourth preseason game. We will do it in the context of final cuts, who made the team, who didn't, and then we'll push forward to opening week against the Chicago Bears. We're almost there, guys. There. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920 920- 341-3775. Keep your eyes on acmepackingcompany.com, fansided.com, profootballweekly.com, sbnation.com. I have my big feature coming out 
for the, about the Colts. It's all there to make you the most knowledgeable fan you can be. All there so that you can stay locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.